Welcome back. It's week two of the AK Side Football Podcast. I'm joined by my weekly co-host, Randy Yim. Let's get it. What up? And we have a special guest this week on the show. The first ever guest on the AKSI Fantasy Football League podcast, the law, Daniel Hansen. Woo! Hey, longtime listener, first time caller. Glad to be in. <laughs> well, we're excited for you, Daniel, to be here. Uh, we had a very exciting week, and, and we're looking forward to giving you a platform to defend yourself because we know it was a little brutal in the first ever episode. We kind of dragged your name through the mud, and uh, we're glad that you're here because I think you made out like a bandit this week and got the best of Randy. I, I, I definitely uh, was taken aback by the, by the amount of, uh, of disrespect and slander, but I won't, I won't dwell on that seeing as how this week uh, we, we, took it to, we took it to the field and, and put it out there for, for all the showcase and all, we showcased it all for everybody to see. And how are you feeling, Randy? I mean, who said we all had an exciting week? I mean... We, I don't think that can be a statement that can be said for all of us. I mean, I, let's, let's get right into it. Yeah. Let, Mr. Hansen. Yeah, Mr. Hansen. So how are you feeling? So going into the match, you were projected to get 96 points. Randy was projected for 107, right? So you're down 10 points. What got you through the week? What got me through – I'm glad you asked. What got me through the week – was the Arizona Cardinals offensive weaponry. Just full arsenal on display. You've got Kyler Murray dropping dimes, even though he's pretty spastic back there. You got my man DeAndre just catching whatever's thrown his way. I think he had a career high, actually. Let me drop, let me drop you some knowledge, Randy. 14 was his new career high catches in the game. I'm not sure if you got that written down. That's a lot of catches. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, Kenyon Drake came to play. The only man, the only Redbird I'm, I'm willing to kind of just show the ultimate disrespect is Zane Gonzalez couldn't hit the broadside of the gosh dang ball. Like, it, the, I mean, it, he was awful. I was cussing at the TV. I said some choice words. Lucy repeated them. It wasn't good. So he missed kicks. I saw he had the 150-plus yarder and three PATs. What's funny is he had a 52, he missed it. Nailed a 56, though. I don't understand it. That's so. a great kick. And so, yeah. Randy, how are you feeling? You had to be confident going into this matchup, right? Yeah, you know, I was way confident going in. Uh, I was way confident going in. Um, let me say this about Daniel's team. I think some of the stats were definitely skewed. We all know that Kenyon Drake had a one-yard touchdown because DeAndre Hopkins' touchdown was taken back. So we, if we look back, right, that's, that's six <laughs> points taken away from, from Kenyon Drake. So if I were to rely on just Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, I still think you're ending up in the toilet bowl. But week one, you got the best of me. My team played like straight poo-poo, okay? Not if, a that good was, if that was my team, that would be the type of stuff I would throw at Odell Beckham um, because he <laughs> the poo-poo. Right. I think I think I could safely say that our AK side football league could put up 64 more than 64 points as a team. I will, say, I will say I was there were some guys on your squad that I was eyeing. And when I knew when I saw them not producing, 
uh, and that percentage that Yahoo puts out there kept climbing later. I think the, the Sunday night game was when it was pretty much solidified. I felt really good about it. Uh, it, it was, it was all champagne bottles at that point. Yeah. I, I, I texted Connor that, uh, I think if Michael Gallup were able to get 12 to 15 points, 50, I think he said, I think I said 15 points, I would feel a little bit more comfortable going into Monday night. Um, and Michael Gallup, I will say he had 70 yards, 71 yards taken away from him on, on penalties, right? That one offensive pass interference, and I forget which other callback, but that's 70 yards, right? That turns 12 points into five. Was it interference? Which wouldn't, which wouldn't, which wouldn't make a difference, right? Which wouldn't make a difference. And, you know, overall, I, I forgot, I completely forgot that James Conner is just made of glass as well. <laughs> and hey, so that man. was that was tough to see and frustrating to see so it's going to be a rough rough going forward I still believe in my team but uh we got some work to do it's always fun to ask based on week one and it's a very small sample size would you have drafted the same knowing what you know now in the production as to where they were I instantly looked at the draft <laughs> looked at the draft Look where I drafted James Conner and see who were the players I could have drafted before uh, or I could have still gotten. And there were running backs there that I instantly regret. Instantly. <laughs> right? If I look at the draft, I could have got Chris Carson. Ooh. I could have got Todd Gurley. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, who is in a great position now. Right? I could have got David Johnson. I could have even got Melvin Gordon, who we'll see about Melvin. Did, did better than James Conner week one. I'm not. I'm not in panic mode yet. I don't think any team should be in panic mode week one. No. But my team played like poo poo, and it was evident. Randy's acting like he's not going to freak out on week one. If I was Randy, I'd be freaking out on week one for sure. He's looking for He's like, if Drake didn't have these six points, I only would have <laughs> lost to Daniel by 50 points instead of 60 points you know that was the message i got as well i'm like well you still lost but (laughs) it looks better i guess so the part that really excites me about daniel's lineup right now is his bench also lit it up right and and my theme in last week's episode was always talking about the bench because i think your bench is going to be so important in this season with the amount of injuries we expect to see and covid uh but aaron Rodgers almost put up a 40 piece we got i'll come i'll come back to a rod but then hawkinson put up 11 points for your tight end i probably had to be like the second or third best tight end uh of the day and then Edmonds on the bench (laughs) you've got two questions daniel for next week going in your matchup which is with me um a are you going to consider aaron Rodgers? are you going to consider trading him is there anyone out there that you want to trade and also would you put Edmonds and go all the way in on just Arizona's offense is all you're going to get points for? That's a good question. You know, you know, I talked to Aaron. I sat him down. I said, look, you did great for us. You, exactly, you filled in exactly the role we were looking for. And uh, it showed the young guys really how to step up. When you think about all he's done in the past, his career, he's put it all together for us. But uh, I, think, I think the young gun is still going to be out there slinging it until he's, he's sort of proven he's lost it. Uh, which he almost did last game. I was I was borderline regretting starting him, even though he's a Redbird. You know who doesn't show up on the stat sheet? My man, Larry 
El Presidente Fitzgerald. Yeah, only 34 um, yards. He only, yeah, he owned 3.4 points. But that's the stat sheet. The man is a leader and a legend, okay? He's out there hustling to the line, making sure Zane puts it through the uprights on that three before half. I mean, that's, that's momentum. That's everything. That's leadership. But, but to, to answer the trade question, I think, uh, I think another week or two need to go by before I start uh, looking out there and seeing what's, what's looking delicious. <laughs> well, I, I want to shout out your MVP of your week. I think it was Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen exceeded the expectations of what we were thinking, right? The show for two touchdowns. Um, I I think the first half he was not doing so well, and I had had hopes for me, uh, but just showed out in the second half, and I didn't expect that from him whatsoever. It's the senior, so, it's veteran leadership. It's the veteran leadership. Well, well done, Daniel. You the, surprising, the surprising bust, if I may, just real quickly, was Devontae Parker. That was really surprising. I thought for sure he was shooing for at least eight or nine like he was projected to get, and then he got hurt, which, again, not his fault, but it's like – this is what this is the downfall to all fantasy rosters. The 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 one quarter in you're hurt and then you're done for the whole for the whole game. Similar to you and James Conner when he got hurt, his helmet was taken. As soon as his helmet went away, obviously thankful he was okay, but I knew that was curtains. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, Devontae was trending like very good. He had four targets, caught all four of his targets, right? Like he was trending. That injury can can kill you. So Even it's for a poor quarter. It was a rough day for Randy. James Conner really let him down. He's going to have to fill in a big hole in that running back spot. His wide receivers also didn't really show up for him this week either. Uh, we get it. Poo-poo. <laughs> All right. We're on to week two. If I were at a press conference right now and you asked me about my team, I said, we're looking at week two. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sportsing so hard with us, Randy. We appreciate it. Well, congratulations, Daniel. Way to get a first week win. Uh, that was definitely the upset of the week and took you into a much more powerful position. When we talk about week two, we will uh, talk about your change in position. So let's jump into the second game we got here. So we had Leo versus Ryan Brunkhart or the Brunkhart household. Do we know who's managing the team this year? Uh, you know, there's always speculations. You just never know. Um, you know, Katie is a – High caliber GM, almost top tier versus Ryan, you know. So I'm not too sure. It could be it could be equal. It could be a you know a hot hot hand take. You know who we're riding the hot hand with GMs that week. Yeah, it sounds like they got a, a running back by committee going over there at their household. Um, and so going into the matchup, Leo was an eight point favorite. He was projected to have 107 points. Uh, twin the day. 99 points and Randy Leo was your best draft team going into game one and Leo's team totally showed up and and put up a ton of points what do you think of this game we are who we thought he was right he had his QB1 solidified that we had his wide receiver one solidified that his RB1 solidified that. His tight end one solidified that. And the pieces around him put up points, right? As long as his top four players showed up, man, he didn't need anything else. Great pluses that Will Fuller 
had pl- like 10 plus points, his whole team showed up. Marlon Mack was trending in a great direction. He was getting a cake matchup. It was unfortunate that he went down with the tour ACL. Um, but overall his team like is safe. You know, he can, he can use, I see Antonio Gibson being his hot hand. And I think Antonio Gibson is going to get the play going forward. So even if Antonio Gibson puts up that seven, eight point range, I think he's going to be safe knowing who else he has. Well, you definitely called it in this matchup. Uh, Leo losing Mac in the game could have been a huge stumbling block for him. Um, and in a second, we'll get to maybe replacing Mac. Uh, but looking at the twin, the day team, I really thought uh, Eckler, you know, he had 84 yards, but you can't have him only putting up eight points for you. And otherwise, uh, the Dalvin Cook showed up, Deshaun Watson, but Leo just too strong. The Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey duo is going to wreak havoc on this league, right? Those are like two just prolific scores. There's no stopping them. Um, it's going to be very interesting. But do you think moving into the next week uh, that what's Leo going to do to replace Mac? Right? He's got, I mean, Gibson, he's got Gibson and he's got Scott. All They put up two to five points this week. I, th- I think going into week two, he puts in Antonio Gibson. Um, Peyton Barber, he he got the goal line work, so he got the touchdowns. But is it really the running back that Washington wants? I think it's going to be Antonio Gibson. I, I think so. I mean, Daniel, I see you shaking your head. Why don't you give us your two cents? What do you think? I think you're putting in a waiver wire. I think you're getting Malcolm Brown. I think uh, – I, I don't think that was a flute. They, I, I, I don't watch a lot of – obviously, I don't watch a lot of L.A. football, but – uh, I, I think they really like him, uh, and I don't know. It's so hard with running backs by committee. Like, it's so hard to find out who's going to catch, and when they do catch, it may not be the one. And then, you know, you're rocking with the two, and or there's an injury. Like, Snell was – I mean, what did he have at, for Pittsburgh? He had a ton of carries um, and a ton of yards just by way of injury. So, But Malcolm – I mean uh, – well, I, don't, I forget when you told me when this airs, but my waiver wire's in. I'm, I'm putting it in for, for Malcolm Brown. As you know, I went receiver for uh, pretty heavily in the draft, so I'm looking for another safety uh, safety just in case somebody gets hurt. Uh, you know, Chase Edmonds can't do it all by himself if Kenyon Drake goes down. So It's a great point. I think uh, Malcolm Brown is going to be one of the hottest, like, waiver wire pickups for sure. Uh, I think definitely Lenny makes a move and finds someone and drops Marlon Mack for. I think it's definitely apparent that he's going to make a move. So I foresee him getting one of the top four top, like, waiver wire pickers who we'll talk about later, Mar- uh, Malcolm Brown being one of them. I think if I were to look at his uh, his lineup right now, I think Boston Scott, if Miles Sanders doesn't play next week, that's an instant plug-and-play right there with Boston Scott. Um, but I think he's going to be okay with Antonio Gibson if he doesn't get one of the wire pickups he hits on this week, um, knowing at the production that he has. Um, I also want to note that, like, it's clear based off the Rams game that Robert Woods is their wide receiver one, yeah, right? Sure. So, like, he has two, three great wide receivers. We know Will Fuller is going to get the majority of the targets in Houston. And it was an unfortunate situation last week that Ryan had – Deshaun Watson giving points to Lenny's team, right? Yeah, good observation. It's it's tough. It was very tough, right? And to have uh, 
Cooks and Watson up there on Brunkhart's top two. It that's they're gonna he's gonna need Houston to play really well this season if he's if he's gonna wanna kind of catch up. But obviously, uh, Slayton and Cook and Watson both put up over twenty. I think he'd be okay. He's gonna he's gonna get all right. Um, he's got a big question there with Anderson in Carolina. Is he actually gonna get a hundred yards and a TD every single week, or was that a fluke? Uh, Carolina's a little bit risky, in my opinion. Um, all right, let's go into the next game here. And then I'm actually going to stop the Zoom, you guys, and restart it because I have a timer uh, that I have to turn it off and restart it. Uh, Got you. All right, so the next game, we have the L.A. White Claws versus Touchdown Breezes. And Kristen's team just steamrolled the 104 points to 67. Uh, I was not prepared. I should have had this up already with what the projection was going to be going into it. Uh, which was pretty close. Um, Mikey was supposed to get 93 points, Kristen 108. So 15-point favorite, and Kristen uh, won by almost 50 points there. Uh, Daniel, I don't know if you're looking at the score right now. What do you think about this game? I, you know, I my thoughts and prayers are with Michael. Um, I think that was, a, that was a slaughter fest. But listen, he's going to bounce back. I like his team. I just know that Touchdown Breeze, this was handled another slice of humble pie in the other poker league. Uh, by myself so I just I want to you know prayers out I hope he rebounds I hope he stays focused put his head down get to work and I think he'll be fine what about you Randy Mikey welcome if I was the dumpster fire he was the little the little poop pile right next to it (laughs) welcome my friend um it's really unfortunate with your team I think you have a great foundation with your wide receivers and that's about it uh, we look at your running backs, right? David Montgomery is getting his shot. Uh, I think if he's producing solidly, I, I think uh, he had a, a solid showing in uh, RB2, RB3 category. Fournette, uh, we, we saw how, how he produced. I don't think he's going to be the guy at all in Tampa Bay. I think it's Ronald Jones, uh, which is on this man's team, Daniel's team, which is another great addition, another red-colored team. I, I wouldn't give up on Leonard yet, though. He he just got there a couple weeks. That's ago. true. He's got that's some. True. He's got some things to work in there. But and Michael Thomas, there's no way he's getting one sub two points ever again. I mean, that, that's that, true. That's- well, also Michael Thomas is now going to be gone for at least two weeks, from what they're saying, several weeks. So oh, that's really? going to be in the air. Um, Josh Allen is the saving grace for for touchdown breezes. You know, we're looking at if Josh Allen produces the same thing if. Thomas can get get clicks back to his production. And if Miles Sanders shows up, I think he, he gets wins. But right now, it could be a hard next two to three weeks for Mikey with Sanders up in the air not knowing what's going on and having to rely on David Montgomery and Fournette, right? Fournette might click in maybe week, week four, week three, week four, but he's not going to click week two. And he's going to need Miles Sanders back to, to be in the running for next week. You know, you can still call the eighth seed in the playoffs champion. So as long as he gets it right before when it comes down to it, you know, it is, it is what it is. You just got to get it in there. That's true. That's true. I saw that he put Michael, uh, Mike Evans on the bench, which I think was smart, uh, considering mm-hmm. the, two, the two options that he had to choose. Um, now it took Mike Evans till like the last two minutes to get his first catch of the game. But uh, 
I think we'll see Mike Evans in, in, in his performance way, what we normally see of him. But right now it's not looking good for, for touchdown breezes. I don't expect for him to get potential wins in the next two weeks looking uh, at his upcoming schedule. I have faith in you, Mike. Put it together. My, not, not this week. My big observation in this match is I can't believe that Allen outscored Mahomes, right? Like, if, if I would have told Mikey that before the game, he would have been feeling really good going into this matchup. That was actually a, a very big shock. Uh, but then going down this timeline, the only other thing that Mikey outscored the corresponding person with was on his kicker, right? And that's just really not going to get it done. Um, and Kristen's got, got some, some numbers, at least on her bench, right? Uh, Joe Burrow might end up being a really good backup for her. Obviously, she won't have to play him all that much, but it's nice to have him, and I mean, maybe that's trade bait eventually. Uh, and then Brown, uh, who got a touchdown, could have moved him up there. And, yeah, I think Kristen's looking really good to make a run uh, going forward. She's definitely got a strong team, and her team showed up. Um, showed up to yeah. play. I, I think – I agree. I think Kristen has a good team, has a playoff team. Um, dude, obviously Mahomes is always going to keep her in. Like, we saw Derrick Henry get the carries, but he, it just wasn't a rough – it was just a rough matchup that week. I mean, Calvin Ridley just – was getting big chunk yardage in that game. Um, so I see, I see your team getting, getting, getting there and producing those numbers. Again, she has great depth on her bench. I think, you know, if she were to keep Joe Burrow for Mahomes' bye week, week 10, like he has a matchup with the Steelers, and by then he's going to be fully developed in the system. Hopefully Joe Mixon gets, gets more production then, and then he can just sling the ball like we know Joe Burrow does. Yep, yep. And Mike, what do you think, Daniel? Oh, go ahead. Joe Burrow surprised me for being his first NFL game, and I thought it was really funny that he was already roasting his kicker with those looks on the sideline when they missed the extra point. <laughs> All right, he's well, got. A, I'm excited about him. He he he'll be good. Yeah, if someone needs a quarterback later in the season, that might be someone that she'd be willing to trade. And so, uh, Mike, Mikey, one last note. That Michael Thomas, did you, do you guys know what happened to him? Do we have an official thing? I see he's got a D by his name. So he's going to have to find a replacement for his top draft pick. That's going to be tough. Yeah. So he got injured on like one of the final plays within the last two minutes. Uh, it was a running play that Latavius Murray ran and nicked uh, Michael Thomas at the end as he was coming down. He's going to, it's confirmed that he's going to be out um, some weeks, not a, uh, confirmed number of weeks but I would assume it's gonna be out at least two weeks he might be questionable week three but I'm not gonna lie it's gonna to be tough Michael going into week two because you are playing the best team in the league you are playing Oba's chunk and that's just a tough win to get so I'm already counting your L right now <laughs> all right well let's jump let's jump into the next game so we got Tim Tebow's George versus clever team name to be determined now Eric was projected at 104, and Lauren was projected at 105. I think pregame, based off those projections, it was probably the closest matchup that we had. Uh, Lauren ended up running away with it, 137 points versus Eric's 90. Randy, how are you feeling about this game? Man, her running back, Edward <laughs> Allaire, rookie debut stud. 
absolute stud. Yeah, that's going to be a big pickup for her. It's always a risk when you're taking a, a running back and rookie running back in the first round, and it's paying dividends in week one. Um, Cam Newton showed up. I think that was a big question mark too, right? We in week one we talked about like, will Cam Newton showed up? He showed up. Uh, she has a great team. This was your pick for the best draft, um, and it's it's paying dividends, you know. She is what you thought she was. <laughs> is, is that a special call out just because Daniel's here? That's an Arizona. That's an Arizona Cardinals quote right there. Denny Green. That was a bad night. Bears. I remember it well. Um, she has a really. She has a really good. Uh, she's got a stacked team. The Raiders are a running team, though. I and I. I mean, I Derek Carr. I mean, I. You know, I thought he'd be better than he is, but it's pretty clear. And I maybe she had some of that insider information. I don't know. Maybe she prayed to Tim Tebow. Uh, but J- Jacobs is going to be I, – I, he's not going to get 31, but he's going to get uh, – He's a stud. He's going to eat, yeah. Yep, he's going to eat for sure. Yeah, he's going to he feel like he's going to be guaranteed double digits, uh, getting close to 100. Because, yeah, you think he's going to get like 20 to 30 touches a game. With they that. don't trust Carr. That's yeah. 100 <laughs> – so with, with Jacobs and uh, CEH, they're going to she, – she's going to put up a lot of points. Uh, she also got Juju. And I think Cam – Kim, they they sure look ready. I know it was only against Miami, but Miami sometimes bites New England in the butt, and uh, they definitely had an offense prepared. And so, Gomez team showed out like we expected. It definitely feels like Le- Lenny uh, and Lauren are going to make a race for the top. Uh, but Eric had Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan put up 30 points. That was the big one. And then Melvin Gordon put up 12. Uh, I'm not – I'm I'm a little skeptical about Melvin Gordon, um, but he was the second highest scoring player. Um, and then I have a note here to look at Eric's bench because the New Orleans defense put up 17 points. Um, that's a lot of points. They scored a touchdown, so that really helps. That wouldn't have made a difference in saving Eric, but uh, it'll be interesting if he puts New Orleans up there instead of San Francisco next week. Yeah, I think it's uh I mean I, I think I'm a believer in Melvin Gordon in his current place. I think he's gonna he's gonna typically get that ten to twelve range. I don't think he's gonna explode for R B one numbers at all. But I think that's about right for where what he did. He got fifteen touches. I think when you're running back right now, like there's so many teams that go by committee, so it's hard to get like cowbell status. So when you're getting fifteen touch touches, like I think that all that solidifies it for me. Um Matt Ryan has so many weapons and it's going to continue to sling the ball. Um, so he's going to have those opportunities. I think he had an off week with Tyreek Hill, just not showing up to, to what we expect of him with wide receiver one numbers. Uh, we already know Allen Robinson. That's, that's a train wreck waiting to happen, right? He's unhappy over there. I mean, they might put in Nick Foles week two because they don't know what's going on. I mean, they had a much better fourth quarter than they did. Trubisky was trending on Twitter in the first half, and it was like, oh, no, that's not going well for them over there. But then they pulled it out, and they got the win. Yeah. So if, if they keep getting wins, I don't think Robinson will have that big of an issue. All right, so let's go on to the next game. And so we have the Man of Kittens versus Flying High, and this was also a close projected game where Ian was projected at 108 points, Rachel at 106. Rachel – Stomped Ian though, 139 to 82. 
on the back of Russell Wilson putting up just under 40 points. He shouldn't uh, be that good. He just shouldn't be that. He is. He's a superhero. Did you not know that? He, yeah. If you didn't know, he goes by Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Let's not forget. I don't think there's going to be an episode this entire year where Randy doesn't take his opportunity to give out, <laughs> uh, give a shout out to Russell Wilson. The superhero Seattle, Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited. Um, but she also, her defense, Baltimore put up 15 points. I guess that's no surprise. But Adams over in Green Bay went off with two touchdowns, 27 points. And then uh, Mostert, I think she got Mostert really late in the draft, too. And uh, 140 yards and a touchdown, that's pretty nice. And Kelsey's going to give what he always gives. Uh, on the other side, Ian, who I feel like is usually a powerhouse in this league, and uh, he went went with the rest Tom Brady. But if Tom Brady gives him 22, he'll be very happy. And then uh, Jones, man, Green Bay lit it up this week because everyone on who's got Green Bay put up a lot of points. And then Johnson at Houston, uh, Ian had a great start with that Thursday game to put up 16. Uh, but obviously, Russell Wilson was just way too much to handle in this one. What's what's interesting is Ian's bench almost outscored his whole starting lineup. Great observation. Yeah, there's 82 points left on the bench. That that's not good. So Ian's definitely got some uh, decisions to make because I don't know if I really trust Dobbins to be the starter um, between the mix. I, Ingram and Dobbins. We'll see what happens there. Um, but then yeah, Sammy Watkins put up 14. I mean, I think Ian is in a great situation. I mean, this is, again, this is a team that shouldn't panic after week one, right? He just had his stars just not perform. I mean, he's got Mr. Cleveland Steamer himself, Odell Beckham. So I'm not too sure about that. But uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have started him over, over anyone else. I think J.K. Dobbins is someone that's going to develop and he could potentially sell. Be wrong for that, uh, I wouldn't have started him over – Joe Mixon or Aaron Jones in week one. I think he made right all the right calls and he's got a dangerous team, right? If Joe Mixon gets what I think he's going to be, he's going to be a top five running back and they're going to produce the numbers that were expected of Ian's team. Um, looking at Rachel's team, Devonta Adams just got a mouthful of touches. I think he had 17 targets, right? Unreal. And two touchdowns. Um, he had a touchdown that was on, like, the two-yard line, which I thought they were going to run it, and I was playing against Devontae in a different league, and it really made me upset that I saw that touchdown. Really made me upset. Um, I read an interesting stat about Mostert in that he ran the fastest on-field time on that catch-and-run touchdown in, in the NFL over the last three years. He ran 22.73 miles an hour according to Next Gen Stats on Twitter. That is wild because there are some unbelievably fast people in the NFL. And for him, coming off of no preseason, no warm-ups, no OTAs, none of that, and just be, you know, sprinting like his uh, paycheck depends on it. Definitely. That's a great stat, Randy. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't think it's surprising, though, that Adams got all those targets. I mean, who else is he going to throw to? He didn't, he didn't draft anybody to help him, so he's going to old reliable. True. That's true. I, th I think it makes sense. But at the same time, when you look at how he did last season, right, it was kind of he had that big injury and he was out for a big chunk of time and he was slowly getting back to it. 
last season, and there was just kind of questions in the air. Um, so I think just kind of like shut all the questions away. Um, but man, I mean, seventeen though, seventeen. If you have a wide receiver getting seventeen touches and you have Mister Unlimited on your team, there it is again. You're going places. Yeah, she's so, going for a lot of points if that happens every single week. Yep, I had. I think I had Rachel as a as a constellation bracket team, but this could be trending somewhere. And she's got Jimmy G. If anyone needs a quarterback, Jimmy G. Um, I think he's going to be reliable all year. Also, man, looking at all those bench points though on Ian's side, he's got a lot of decisions to make this week because he could have been so much more at least competitive with some other guys. I don't know. You can't put those guys in week one in the game, so that hurts just to see that unbalance. But uh, when his top two receivers and number one running back don't even put up 10 points combined, uh, and he still put up 82 with that, I, I think Ian will be all right also moving forward. I don't think he has decisions moving forward, though. What was are you going to – I don't think he has decisions moving forward. Do you think – are you going to start Alan Lazard, Jamison Crowder, Henry Ruggs or Sammy Watkins over Odell Beckham or Keenan Allen. Tell uh, me right now. Uh, I, how many more weeks do you let Beckham Beckham play? I mean, I got Landry on the other side on my team, and I'm already like, uh oh, when do I when do I when do I bail? If you're asking what percent, I would say none percent chance that I start Odell Beckham again <laughs> because Baker Mayfield is just not going to give him the ball. There is that's true. It's just it's bad right now over there, and I'd rather chance the the loss than put him in again with the expectation to just be let down. At least Aaron Rodgers is tossing it to whoever gets open. They want the ball. They're a passing team. I mean, you have much more weapons and options. It's true. I think the only decision he would have if he were to take Odell out would be to put Henry Ruggs. I think Henry Ruggs is going to emerge as the wide receiver one in Las Vegas. I don't think Alan Zard is going to get – get the attention he got uh, week one. He might uh, because, of, because of Adams and Jones are cooking like this. He's, he's not going to have, you know, he's going to get open. It's true. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> they, play, they play Detroit next week, and we'll see what that happens. That's, that's bound to be a, like a sling uh, QB competition. Yeah, um, I, I feel week, so, so bad for Detroit, how their game ended. What's, was it, I think it was Swift, I can't remember who it was, had a touchdown to win the game with like five seconds left, and it hit him in the fingers, and he didn't yep. catch it. Um, yep. Very disheartening. All right, so the last game is between me and Password is Taco, Mr. Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy Johnson was a 13-point favorite. He's projected to have 112 versus my 99 points. But Monday Night Football – was one of the best Monday Night Footballs for my fantasy career. Um, I had Ben Roethlisberger and Noah Fant and I know I, and Saquon Barkley, who laid a fat egg for me. Uh, but it was enough. I remember I watched the first game, was feeling good because um, Saquon Barkley got a bunch of garbage catches right at the end that really helped me. And then – I was very nervous about Fant. Was he going to get any touches at all? And, like, on the second possession, he scored a touchdown. I was like, cool, I got, I can turn off the game. I'm good to go. I'd like to just say you're welcome. 
for what? just neutralizing George Kittle out there, the Redbirds, the Bird Gang, just sat on his chest in the non-Odell Beckham way and just super just kind of <laughs> neutralized. Now, he did get hurt, prayers up. He's probably fine. I think it's a knee sprain, Jeremy. I don't know that he's super hurt. But uh, but it, it was nice to because the Cardinals are notorious for not covering, uh, and it looked bad early uh, for – for us and and the mismatch of George Kittle, but for him to only come out of that game with just what is it five point three point? I mean, the tight ends feast on on Arizona, and it's just super terrible for us. But uh, we were able to get it done, and so yeah, you're welcome. Go Redbirds! Yeah, I mean that was that was a big Monday night for you. Uh, I think we all saw that Big Ben is back as well, right? We have a healthy Big Ben. This guy, I see him also running on a nine-yard rush drive. He shows he has three carries for nine yards total. But the one carry he had, he ran for the first down. It was for like nine yards. And I was like, oh, he's got a little bit of wheels left. <laughs> so Big Ben is back at it. Um, you can see that connection with Juju is clear. Um, it's looking nice. Um, I wish he had a running back to, to get him some carries and to help him even further. But – that's a, that's a different conversation. Uh, Chris Carson tore it up. Chris Carson tore it up for you. That was amazing. It's great to see. Obviously, as a Seahawks fan, it's great to see that production from, from Chris as well. Um, it was a little discouraging in the second half to see Chris not get as many touches um, as the first half, but I think he's going to be fine overall. Uh, you look at Jeremy's team going forward, right? He has Le'Veon Bell, who just went on IR. He's going to miss at least three games being on IR. And I always thought that Jeremy's team has great depth for handcuffs. I don't think he has great depth to replace his starters. So he has great handcuff depth, but not as much great starting depth. So I am concerned about, about his team going forward, um, especially if Kittle were to miss extended time. He came back in the game second half. I think he came back in the second half. Um, but definitely he was trending positively in that first half up until his, until his injury. Um, and I mean, when you have Zeke, he's always eaten, uh, his wide receiver core was a little, little bit sorry, um, this week. It's tough to say teams are sorry when I scored the lowest amount of points this, this week over all, all 12 teams, but his wide receiver core was sorry, just as mine. Um, so he's in the, he's in the little dumpster fire as uh, next to me. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how he turns it around. My recommendation would be to start in Keel Herring. That's not a homer. Go Devils. But he needs to start him next week. The uh, Seahawks uh, gave up, what, 450 passing yards. And he's clearly one of their options that Cam likes. I think he had six targets. He did lose a fumble. But, I mean, if you look at those booty receivers, Jeremy, you just got to throw them in there and, and see what happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that New England really has a lot of faith for – Cam Newton to be throwing the deep ball and, and tearing it up. I think they're really going to be running, uh, using him as a run threat. They're going to manage the clock, not put him in too many dangerous positions. So we'll see. I don't know if Nicky Larry is, is the best pick, but he's definitely got some decisions to make also because Bell being out leaves a really big hole that he was hoping to kind of get an upset on that one as his third running back. Kittle is one or two tight end so we'll see if he it puts up the numbers and where that spot that he got drafted as well um and then yeah two starting receivers to put up 11 12 points is not going to get it done 
Uh, but we'll see. He's got, he's got some guys that if we were in the draft, you wouldn't be disappointed to have. But now that he's got to play him in week two, uh, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting. All right, so that wraps it up for our recap of week one. And so, Randy, week one, who are, who, what was your biggest disappointment about week one? My biggest disappointment, hell yeah, fried rice. That was my biggest disappointment. If it's not apparent, that was the biggest disappointment. Um, none of my teams hit, none of my players hit. It's just big, big overall disappointment. If I were to call out other players uh, who had misses, right, we look at uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb didn't really produce what we expected. We look at Saquon um, on Monday Night Football. Didn't really produce what he produced. Um, did it to Michael Thomas, right, getting injured in – the end of the game, but he had three and a half quarters and no production from him. Um, I don't think that's going to be permanent, but at the same time, it was disappointing to see that on week one. Yeah, I, uh, Saquon Barkley, big disappointment for me. Uh, I also said anyone on the Browns, if they're on your roster, they are definitely a big disappointment. Um, Keenan Allen wasn't – and Austin Eckler didn't put up as many points as maybe we expected – uh, the Ravens running backs, I'm a little skeptical of. Um, we know we hinted to Ingram earlier, um, and obviously Le'Veon Bell, Jeremy, want, is going to feel bad about why well, we don't even know what Le, Le'Veon Bell is going to do for the rest of the season. But what Definitely. about uh, we have a section here for hot pickups of the week. Randy, you got your eyes on anyone? Um, I do, but before we get to hot pickups, I want to ask Daniel, outside of Larry Fitzgerald, who did you see as a disappointment in week one? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Disappointment of week one on my squad or just in general? Your squad or in general. I think we already called out everyone on within your team um, earlier, but you know, looking at, looking at the, the teams in general, was there anyone that you didn't, ex- you didn't expect to uh, like meet their point or disappointed to see that they didn't meet their point total? I, I, I go back to my own team because that's all I'm focused on, just pursuing, pursuing glory, you know, getting that ring. So we're really, we're really looking internally, not worried about our opponents. And uh, Zane Gonzalez really let me down, leaving, leaving more points out there. And for, for just a week one in, in totality, my biggest disappointment is just not hanging 40 more on you and just kind of really taking you to the woodshed. So um, oh looking forward, I'm looking forward to putting this week behind me uh, and kind of bouncing, bouncing or k- keeping the momentum going into week two. Way to take advantage of your moment, Daniel. You got a big win. You come on the podcast as a guest, and then you just rip into Randy. I love it. This is what the show is all about. That's what we're here for. You know, I am. I am served a piece of humble pie, and I'm. I am okay with that. Do I still know the outcome of the season for the law? Yes, I do. But will I take a week one loss to Daniel? Sure thing. All right. So. Um, Hot pickups of the week, Randy. What 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 are you looking at on the waiver wire? Oh man, uh, you know by the time this pod releases, we'll have all these people picked up already. I myself have the twelfth place in the waiver wire, so I'm going to get none of these players. But Daniel called it out earlier. Malcolm Brown is probably one of the hottest pickups, right? He was the dominant starter in um, LA for the Rams. We think Cam Akers will will slowly get his chance, but at least week two and three. He's, uh, I see Malcolm Brown getting those carries. We also saw Malcolm, uh, Marlon uh, Mack get 
listed on the IR, right? Which is a big plus for you, Connor, with Jonathan Taylor. But I think that we saw it was pretty evident that it's also a running back by committee. So I think Naeem Hines is going to be a big, big pickup for a lot of people. I also look at Benny Snell because we got my man James Connor made of glass and not being able to do anything. He'll get on the field for maybe one more touch and we'll break something else. <laughs> Um, to the to, to Joe Kelly, he got uh, or is it Joshua Kelly? Sorry, uh, got a lot of um, playing time, and I think he's going to be a great handcuff for Eckler, especially if Eckler doesn't get to production that we see. Um, looking at uh, wide receiver, we talked about uh, Lazard getting some stuff. Valdez Scantling might get might get a pickup um, with Green Bay if they're going to be dynamic as they were. I see Dallas Goddard is um, a tight end pickup for, for those needing a tight end. Um, he got a touchdown last week over Ertz, uh, had a long touchdown over Ertz. If we look at the Jets situation with Le'Veon, I think Gore, Mr. Mr. Timeless as well. We talk about Larry Fitz being a timeless, timeless gem. We got to talk about Frank Gore. That guy is a tank, right? I think he's going to produce – Five to seven points each week while Le'Veon is out. Um, yeah, who do you all see? I'd like to go back to Larry for a moment if I could. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, does someone have Carlos Hyde? Because I didn't realize he was going to get so many touches on the Seahawks. And... I think he was on a team. I'm not sure who's, but I thought I'm, I saw it. I'm not looking at the wire right now. Um, but People are making moves. Hopefully you made the moves already by then and tried to pick up those players if you need them. You have anyone on your on your waiver, uh, waiver pickup, Connor? No one that you didn't already mention. Um, I did before I realized what this topic was supposed to be about. I said I, I drafted Taylor on Indianapolis, and I'm very excited that I have that guy on my roster right now because I think he's going to get a lot of touches. I think he can handle a lot more touches, and as the season goes, his youthfulness will probably really help him. So I'm excited that I picked him up late. Uh, all right, so we're talking about week two now. Here are the matchups we got for week two. Uh, we've got Randy facing Rachel, Ian versus Lauren, Kristen versus Eric, the Brunkarts versus Jeremy, Mikey versus Leo, and myself versus our first guest in the podcast, Daniel the Law Hansen. So what we're going to do here each week is we're going to talk about our matchup of the week. And so I'm going to take the lead on this one. I personally think that the matchup of the week uh, stems from Daniel's now winning streak from week one. Now he's got to take the other co-host of the podcast. This was not intentional at all. Uh, but <laughs> I'm playing Daniel this week. And it's actually the only matchup uh, of two undefeated teams in the fantasy football league. So wow. two teams at one were the only matchup uh, that are facing each other. The law all of a sudden has projected 114 points versus my 105. And the law Gosh. from the bottom of the projections to the top of the projections in one week, the fantasy gods thinking that Arizona is going to turn it out this week. And so uh, my matchup of the week is against our guest, uh, Daniel. Daniel, how are you feeling about going into week two against me? Feel really strong. Feel really strong. Kenyon Drake looks to have a really good game. Washington, I have no idea if Washington's a good team. They definitely, you know, they showed out last week, but I don't think they're a good team. So I'm optimistic that the, the Cardinals will pull it out. But Adam Thielen, I think, is going to eat. I, 
114 is probably aggressive. I think I'm more in the 100. Uh, I'm just hoping your guys don't produce. Yeah, you're, you're definitely going to be rooting against the Seahawks and rooting for the Patriots because that'll be a big uh, – I've, I've got a lot in on the Seattle team with DK Metcalf and Chris Carson each week. That's, that's going to be a risk for me long term. Luckily, I'm really good at rooting against the Seahawks, so yeah. we're, we're okay there. All right, Randy, what's your matchup of the week? My matchup of the week was going to my fellow pledge class brothers, Flying High versus Tim Tebow's Jorts, Lauren versus Ian. Um, I think this is going to be a great week to determine if Ian's team bounces back from what they were and also if Cam Newton is consistent with, with what he is um, for Lauren's team. He plays the Seahawks, so we'll definitely get to view that on Sunday night, which should be exciting. Um, but there's going to be pluses. She's currently the underdog, but I see Jared Cook getting a lot more targets as her tight end versus how um, he was already getting a ton of targets week one with Michael Thomas out. I just see Cook getting a ton more targets. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Again, Ian is the projected favorite, but I think I see Lauren coming out on top and winning that matchup. Uh, should we run through the quick matchups and we all take a vote of who we think is going to come out on top with each matchup? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. So the first matchup we have is myself, Hell Yeah Fried Rice versus Rachel, the Man of Kittens. I'm taking Rachel. Daniel, you're on mute, sir. Technical difficulty, excuse me. Uh, a lot of firepower on the Man of Kittens. Uh, so True. I'm going to. I'm going to have to lean that way. That's okay. I mean, when your team produces 65 points, it's easy to root against them, right? <laughs> but we're moving on. So next we have Touchdown Breezes, Mikey versus Oba's Chunks, Leo's. Who do we all got? Leo, for sure. Leo's team's got to prove that uh, it's at risk first before I pick against him. I'm, I'm confident Mike, uh, Michael – make some make the adjustments but i think he's he's gonna have to he's gonna have to have a really successful waiver wire and christian mccaffrey's gonna have to double up so i'll, I'll go with uh i'll go with obas i am going obas chunks as well i'm sorry mikey i mean you might be sitting next to me in that dumpster fire <laughs> all right next matchup we have is twin today ryan brunkard versus password is taco jeremy's team i really like Jeremy's team on this one. Uh, Broncar, just from talking about his team and with our picks, we put him in the bottom last week. I think that's going to be risky. Uh, but both of these teams could really use a win after week two. And I think uh, JJ is going to bounce back a little better this week and he's going to get it done. I, I like Password as Taco too. The Baltimore, he's got a lot of people playing ball. They're, they're really, they're pretty stout. I think you got a quarterback playing them and then you're, you're going to have some trouble there with your ride receiver. So I, I think I'm going passwords taco. That would make three for me. I'm going to go password as taco as well. I just don't think that Ryan has the wide receiver core to, to outproduce uh, password as taco. And he's got to make some moves. Um, Dalvin cook and Deshaun Watson can only do so much. So they're going to have to exceed their projections tremendously. Next matchup we have is Clever Team Name TBD versus the L.A. White Claws. So, Eric, 
versus Kristen. So right now, Eric is actually favored by two points over Kristen, uh, which I feel a little weird about looking at that. I feel like Kristen should be favored in this. Uh, but I, I guess I'm going to go with the favorite. When I, when I was looking at this, I was like, oh, Eric's underdog. I'm still going to go with Eric. Um, and I hope that for Kristen's household that Patrick Mahomes doesn't play very well and lets her team down, but instead her household gets a little bit more cheery and the Chargers upset Kansas City, and Eric goes on and gets a W for the first W of the season. So this is interesting because she, that, you know, she's got Patrick Mahomes yep. and he's got Tyreek Hill. And I think Aaron Donald is so disruptive. Oh, wait, are they playing Rams or are they playing Chargers? Chargers. Oh, well, then never mind. Uh, I'll stay. I'll stay with uh, Eric then. All right. I'm actually going to go with Kristen. The things that are interesting about this matchup, uh, Daniel, you just called out that Patrick Mahomes is on Kristen's team and Tyree Kill is on Eric's team. But Matt Ryan is on Eric's team and Calvin Ridley is oh, on Kristen's yes. team. So it's going to be interesting. I think the player that shows up for Kristen's team is James Robinson. He had 61 rushing yards and had over 15 carries last week. I think he's going to continue to eat and get touches, and he's going to find a hole, and he's going to get his first touchdown of the season this week. So while, she, while she's barely an underdog, I think she's going to come out. I think James Robinson is going to be the key producer for her, and I think she's going to pull out the win. Yeah, Kristen's going to be watching that Tennessee-Jacksonville game real closely, which – Sounds like a snoozer, if you ask me. It sounds like they're they, they're going to be running that ball a lot. That's that feels like a thirteen to fourteen finish right there. <laughs> Definitely. So the next matchup is flying flying high versus Team Tebow's Jorts. I already picked um, Lauren as as my winner. Um, wh- who do you both got? Tim Tim Tebow's Jorts, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think Cam balls out. Her running backs both eat. I, I just – and New England's D. I, I, Russell might give them some problems. I, I, think they're, I think she's just too stacked, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think the, I don't think the New England defense, even if the Seahawks play really well, are going to take her team out. I think Cam Newen is going to – based off game one, I think he's going to consistently get points, you know, 20 points. But – her running backs are just way too powerful, uh, and that's going to carry her to the win this week. I'm taking my uh, preseason favorite, Lauren Goldman. Awesome. All right, and now we have Connor's matchup of the week, Mr. Prez versus the Law. I think we both know who you each are favoriting in this matchup. So then must be the tiebreaker, right? That's right. Huh. I'm going with my fellow co-host, Mr. Prez. <laughs> I think I just think DeAndre Hopkins. I think you were correct, Daniel, with uh, with your projection. I think it's a little too high, and I think you're going to be more in the mid hundreds. So it's going to keep it really close. Um, I think Saquon Houses has his backup back uh, bounce back game. I think this is Jonathan Taylor's opportunity to eat. Um, I don't see Ronald Jones getting getting the touches uh, or the yardage that he's expected to have in these projections. Um, I do expect Kyler Murray to go up and he could be the saving grace for you, but I think, I think it's going to depend on 
two things. Kyler Murray exceeding his projections, and I think Adam Thielen needs to get at least 15 points to make that happen for you. If it does, I think you win. But I think overall that doesn't happen, and I think that Mr. Prez hangs up the W. The, the amount of disrespect you continue to spew is unbecoming of an AKSI alum, and I just want you to know that. We're, we're getting personal now with this, with this, what you're saying, these words. Over, under, um, Larry Fitzy has over, under, his projection. Over. 5.35. Over. He's going to get 60 yards? He's going to get a touch. He's going to get a touch. He's going to get a touch. It sounds like Daniel's going to start him with that kind of prediction. But I do. He had five targets this week with four catches. I think he's going to get more this week. And at Washington, I feel good about that. I think he goes over. The, the reason I say that is because now everybody knows what D-Hop – I mean, they knew what he was capable of before. But after game one, it's that he's double covers. That leaves Larry and Kirk out there just floating. So, Yeah, good point. Good point. All right. Well, that is the end of the show. Daniel, thanks for being our guest. I appreciated the invite. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to another another win and another spanking of the uh, co-host here. Well, Any be- final words you want to say, Daniel, before you exit the podcast this week? I think this was uh, a pleasant uh, a pleasant experience. I think it was humbling uh, to to get a little bit of praise every once in a while for my for my Redbirds and my picks, but uh, you you squandered it with your late. Uh, your late, your late uh, pick of the co-host, but that's fine. As long as we all agree and we all sleep better at night knowing that Larry is legend. <laughs> Larry is legend. I think he is well-respected among his peers and the community. And, and this is also just out of left field, but I want you to know that the only other person who, had, who understands the gravitas of the Larry is legend is Mr. Eric Paradis. And I want to thank him for always backing up the truth and the, the man behind the number 11. I really appreciate his support in these, in these trying times behind number 11. The VP of Professional Activities has always been great at those kind of miscellaneous duties, if you ask me. <laughs> Larry Legend. He is who we thought he is. <laughs> nice hands, Larry. I'm going to end it right there. I think that's a great end to the show. Thank you very much, Daniel. Randy, I guess before we end it, what are your final thoughts? I hope I get a win this week. I hope, uh, hope we put up more than 65 points. Um, good luck to everybody this week. I think uh, it's going to be interesting seeing the waiver wire hitting uh, tomorrow morning. And, um, yeah, good luck to everyone week one. Connor, what are your final words? Thanks, for everyone, for listening to the show. I'll- 11 of you, 12 of you. We appreciate you guys for listening. We're going to keep doing this every Tuesday, and uh, we'll have it out there every Wednesday for you. So you can listen before you got to set your lineups on Thursday. Keep uh, that trash talk there in the text message chat, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.